Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behaviour, sleep and more. Returning to work after having kids is a very particular experience. On one hand, you might be feeling relief at being able to return to something you love and also being able to drink your tea before it gets cold. On the other hand, you may miss your kids like a lost limb. Either way, when you're back at work, you've started to experience the work-life balance in a totally new and sometimes overwhelming way. Ali Young is a chiropractor and author of Work, Mama, Life, a book she wrote after her own work-life balance went awry. Hi, Ali. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm very well today. Thank you. That's brilliant. Now, um, what particular combination of things fed into your own experience of burnout? We had lived expat for a number of years and then we came back to Australia and I went from being a stay-at-home mum to reopening the doors to a very busy practice. And my husband works five days a week, 5 a.m. to 5.30pm he was out of the house so long 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 days and the kids were kindy and pre-kindy and it was just hectic and that just built and I just did it and I just kept going well if I do this and I'll get this and if I'll do this I'll do this and ticking all the boxes and all the to-do lists and eventually my body let me know that it couldn't do that anymore. It is possibly different for everyone but when your body was like enough is enough What did that look like for you? For me, it was I was not sleeping well and I pride myself. Like I get woken still by my nine-year-old at least once a night, but I, which is reality, putting it out there. Um, But I am a good sleeper and I can get into bed and I can sleep really well. And I found that I was waking at that really typical cortisol not functioning well time of 2 to 4 a.m., And I was um, not feeling rested. And then I gained 10 kilos in three months, which is a fair sign. And I got this tingly heat sensation on my face, like where a beard would be that I couldn't (laughs) get rid of. And I thought that I had multiple sclerosis or a brain tumor. This is a problem when you know things. I was like, oh, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. And so I got it all checked out. And it came down to the fact that my body was saying, Ali, we need some support. So, okay. Yeah. So, when you got that information, given mm. you are a health practitioner yourself, yes, did you just create another to do list? Was it a different approach to your health this time, or how it, did you handle it? It definitely was. Yeah. It made me really rethink how I'd been looking at my health. So, I was still trying to do health the way that health worked for me before kids. And it made me really realize that health really does change a lot when you've had children. Um, I couldn't go to the gym five days a week and do really hardcore workouts. I um, Even going for those 10K runs was just not going to happen because I had to push a 45-kilo pram and that was very <laughs> bad for my pelvic floor. So that was a no-go zone. But it it was actually putting more stop time in my day was the key marker for my health. So I incorporated breathing, I incorporated rest and 
without the guilt associated with it because as a mum, the mum guilt associated with just sitting down is massive. And I really looked nutritionally as well at how I could balance out what was going on in my gut. And my gut health was definitely part of it too, yeah. It's interesting that part about rest and and not being able to rest because that definitely resonates with me and I'm sure many women listening would be like, oh, yeah, I find it very hard to stop. Where do you think these expectations of doing come from? Oh, I love this question. I got asked this question this morning too. It's like the universe is telling me something. (laughs) Um, So I'm not going to go full Clem Ford, but I feel like that there is a huge expectation that we um, want to wife or parent uh, like we don't have a job and we want to work as if we don't have children. And we have, for a lot of women, an expectation that we want a career and we want to excel at something because that feeds our inner cup. It lifts us up because we know we're great. We've got something to give to the world. We want to go out there and do that. But we also really care for our family. And so we have this expectation. We want to do both things really, really well, which we definitely can. But we need to figure out what that driver is and what our values systems matter. And for me, figuring that out was definitely a key part of getting out of burnout too, why I was most wanting to do things a certain way over a different way. In the introduction, I said that your work-life balance had gone awry and I don't actually believe in a work-life balance once you're a parent. I believe you can aim for something that feels calm and right on a particular day. But the idea of balance, I think, sometimes lends itself to you thinking, okay, balance for me is going to be doing my yoga three times a week, walking the dog every day, making sure I'm spending one-on-one time at least once a week with the kids and still see my girlfriends, right? And even if those are lovely goals to have, the reality is, exactly. So is this idea of uh, finding some kind of consistent balance when it comes to our health, is that just something we need to let go of? I don't think we need to let go of the consistent part of that but maybe the balance part of that so I myself have days where there the balance that I think I'm going to have that day is completely gone out the window but I still try to go okay so my consistency is that I know that today has gone down the toilet and that's not going to happen but tomorrow I can make a different choice for that and it's I just think arming yourself with the knowledge so that you can make a different choice is really where the key happens yeah You talk about matrescence in your book. Although it is a a thing that has been around for a while, it is still a relatively new term for many people. So for those who don't know what it means, can you explain that to us? I sure can. Matrescence is like the woman's version of adolescence. So when we are so aware of adolescence, we go through this huge hormonal shift. Well, when a woman becomes a mother, we also go through this massive hormonal shift. So we get a physiological change in our body, matrescence, but we also get it accompanied with massive psychological changes as well. And it actually comes from the theory of psychologists, this concept of matrescence, which is this birth of the woman into a mother after they've gone through that process. And um, I feel that it happens with every birth because we always shift and change. I've got two kids and 
Uh, it definitely changed me the second compared to the first, the first, yes, and then the second. And my friends with six kids and three kids, they they all tell me that each child added in changes something within them. And then we look at the neurology, the brain stuff around that, and we know that our brain shapes itself before birth. When we're pregnant, it changes the way it fires so that we become more with our kids when they're born, and that's part of that as well. And so I think we can't take away the body stuff and the psychology stuff. It's all enmeshed in creating who we are. Okay, so going back a step to when you spoke about arming yourself so you can make the right choices for your health. How yes. does understanding matrescence feed into that? I feel that when we know that we've shifted and changed, and I think this was my big aha moment is that I was a completely different person now. I'd had kids, but my health was still stuck over here. So knowing that what matters most to us has probably shifted, how we want health to look for us has shifted, and what we need to do to nourish our bodies is really different when we've become a mum. Or not really different, but there are significant changes that we want to do. We probably will find we need to exercise a little differently. If we're feeling really stressed, a lot of us will turn to like a really hardcore sweat session and for some of us if you're really stressed that's actually the worst thing you can do it can make you really <laughs> flatline tired and we just want to go no I just need to go and zen in a yoga or a pilates or go for a walk outside and connect or something like that as well so understanding I think your matrescence in the shift psychologically that you need more downtime away from your family maybe that has to fit in with your health stuff too which all comes back to this question of time right oh yeah so yeah. obviously the element of balance and uh, getting all those things done comes back to how much time we have. But even if you learn to prioritise, say, for example, slowing down or reading a book, which is slowing down, but, you know, not, yeah. not yeah. doing all the doing things, even that requires time. And that is something that working mothers in particular and I note that in your book, you mentioned that you believe that stay-at-home mums are still working mums, and I'm 100% with you on that one. Yeah, yeah. But however your life is working out, time is one thing that feels like it doesn't belong to you <laughs> once it you sure have kids. It sure does. <laughs> so given that we can't um, have one of those Hermione Granger time-spinning things where we have oh, more time. how good time, would that be? It would be good, but then I'd be even more tired, Ali. So yes, I don't that know. that is true. That is true, yeah. <laughs> so um, how do you manage that puzzle, I guess, that time is finite and you only have so many hours in a day? Yeah. And, um, yeah, how do you make yeah. it all work? Well, I used to be the queen of stay up late to get shit done. And I would stay up until 10 or 11 at night and then I'd be woken at 5 or 5.30 by my kids. <laughs> and that was not a very good recipe for me at all. So I am very in a very privileged position in that through COVID, I had to shut the doors for one day a week of my clinic uh, where I am in private practice still. And I just didn't reopen it. So I gifted myself the time to have an extra day. And that is great. Um, but when you don't have that gift, we, I talk to the women in my online courses about how can we figure out what's the most important thing for you to do in the time that you have. So what is really important to you, if it is going and having a Friday night knockoff with your girlfriends, and I am all for connection and doing those sorts of things. I think we don't do that enough in society these days because of time. 
Um, we need to figure out how we can make that happen. What do we need to shuffle? How can we get that support and actually prioritise the things that are really, really important? And um, we have a time, like I actually study my own time once a year. I sit down and I go, right, where am I using my time? And I figure out what I need to make it look like to make my life feel a bit more like even and great. Do you think one of the things we have to accept when we're working out what's important to us uh, is the difference between what we think should be important to us and what really is important to us? Because yes. I think of those things like just sitting down, you know, and, you know, you're thinking, oh, the kids need clean clothes for the week. Of course they do. But maybe it's okay on a Saturday morning to have an hour to read your book or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely, yeah. And you know, I talk about this patriarchal concept that we are driven to do all of the things for our family, by ourselves, and outsourcing within your family unit if your kids are old enough I think is a really great thing. It's good for them to see that everyone can help out. Um, but, yeah, I think there are definitely things that we can go, oh, you know what, that doesn't need to happen today. Like literally I know there's days where I am not going to want to cook dinner that night and I go, what have I got in my freezer that I can pull out and stuff like that. And I think we need to... Yeah, be kind and gentle to ourselves and honour that some weeks we really do need to sit in our tent and have a bit more quiet time and other weeks we are like, yeah, let's. I've got this, I'm going to do all the things this week as well. And that's a really mm. normal life. There's No one has it the same every week. Like everyone's life is spinning and we need to find a beautiful balance that way. Yeah, I mean they do talk about life being a roller coaster, but you very rarely stop and go, oh, yeah, it is and, and I'm okay with that. You yeah, know, you kind of have yeah. to be okay with it, don't you? Yeah, you really do. You have to be able to let go of that control element that you can control all of the things, but really to gain that sanity back, you can only control you. Not even your kids as much as we try to <laughs> get in this car. Um, but it's about, yeah, controlling what you can, which is you. And that's it. That's all we've got control over. Excellent. That's a bit scary, but thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ali, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me, Siobhan. That's Ali Young. She's a chiropractor and author of Work, Mama, Life. And for a link to her book, check out the notes in this episode. I'm Siobhan Hunt. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us so we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, send your email to feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time. <laughs>